0: It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Karen Fraser and me, Chucky G. And, and of course, we
1: have, di- we have discovered tonight that Mercury is in sp- retrograde,
0: spinning backwards and driving everyone crazy. Is what's going on right now, right, Cheryl? Would you agree Thank to that, Miss Cheryl Knight? No. It was
1: a year ago yesterday.
0: Happy and also a
1: Bettina. happy National Paranormal Day, which was also yesterday. Yeah, that's
0: right. Paranormal and Day was yesterday. And happy
1: Cinco de Mayo today. Oh,
0: Cinco oh, de Mayo. So by the way, to...
2: I was on mute. Of course. Thanks, Tom. I had a week off. I'm I'm like trying, oh, trying to figure out the buttons again. Awesome. Cheryl, you're going to oh, have, awesome. have to say it so again. Who is wishing happy anniversary? Here's the thing. I am wishing Bettina a happy yes. anniversary and Bettina is the haunted doll, the adorable haunted doll that Karen sent over to me a year ago. It is
1: Cheryl's doppelganger it's like little mini Cheryl
0: <laughs> It is a mini Cheryl
3: <laughs> it's so Well, it Has though. has okay.
1: Chad awakened yet with Bettina in bed staring at him and you know where to be found because okay. that would have been the first thing I did God, no,
2: he hasn't Yeah, it's but a... you could make that happen yeah. I could, I, could I, I don't want to give him a heart attack for goodness sake, I want to keep him around a little while
0: yeah, you just put him on, <laughs> put on his chest, and when he wakes up, you're high. You adults.
1: just put her there. stretch you. her little hand
0: out. So <laughs> it's just, <geez>. Oh, after he washed the bed and you got to change the sheets, then, you know. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no. Well, um, tonight we're supposed to have guests. Okay, I'm going to go through this really long uh, list of what they do. Bob Christopher, who is the co founder, tech specialist, event. Event. Wow. Evidence analyst, lead investigator, and equipment supervisor of NEPA Paranormal. Is it NEPA? NEPA. It? NEPA. All right. Uh, then we have Dave, who is the director of South Jersey Ghost Research. And he's also the owner of the Ghost Hunter Store. I know because I buy lots of stuff there. And he also is on uh, runs Sanctuary Paranormal. And I guess now he's a cast member of the Ghost Detective, too. Man, he's got, pff, bam. It
1: is like, this so is the night. To I
0: know. There's going to be a lot this to talk is- about.
1: This is the night, and because it's Cinco de Mayo, we're all drinking tequila.
0: Yep, and we're and we're going to speak in Spanish to them. Say, ¿qué pasa? ¿Qué pasa, Dave?
1: yo no hablo
0: español. No hablo español. And he's, they're going to go, what? hello. And they're going to hang up on us. Margarita, margaritas. I've never had a margarita. Are they good? What? Whoa! I can't think what? I'm good. I've Never had a margarita. <laughs>
2: I've Mar- ne- oh,
0: never had a margarita. <laughs> the
2: best drink Nectar ever. Nectar of the gods. Oh. Yeah.
0: Nectar of the gods?
1: It is. It's, I just drink a beer awesome. every once in a while.
0: I don't drink wine. The best,
1: don't... the best margarita I ever had, though, was a pineapple chipotle margarita. Whoa.
0: Oh, so there's different kinds of...
1: So good. Well, so the basic is just a uh, lime. It's uh, like rose's lime juice, triple suck, um, tequila, ice very good I've had, I very see, I've had good.
0: Sunrises I've had those Tequila Sunrises Tequila
1: Sunrises oh those are lovely too yes yeah. you're not a fruity drink kind of guy
0: no I mean not, not anymore I don't drink I would
1: have I would have guessed you for an un, umbrella drink guy really yeah well, kinda
0: I'm getting back into the drinking scene a little I mean a lot just a little <laughs> but the drinking scene.
1: Well, so, wait. If so I have a glass of wine once a week or less, is that, am I in the drinking yes, scene?
0: You're in the drinking scene because I haven't drank anything alcoholic for over like almost 25 years.
1: Woo. So I but just, you drink did? now, you a- I've
0: been drinking, like, I have a beer occasionally you're now because I'm.
1: Okay, but that's not really the drinking scene. When I when you I think oh. about the drinking scene, I think about like the ragers that my son goes to in college.
0: Oh, okay, sorry. All right. Well, I have. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure as adults, it's not called the drinking scene. It's just uh, called oh, having drink a drink every now and every then. Having a
0: drink. All right. Well, I, I just joined the having a drink now and then group. Is that all right? Good
1: all right? You. I've seen pictures of your beers.
0: Yeah, I like a, I like having a beer. I, I always missed the taste of it, but I just you know it was so hard when I first started stop smoking to stop drinking because they were kind of hand in yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah. And it, stop them both, and then I just never there went back. Goes. And you know,
3: so.
1: But and I, now, but you're branching out in your life. My drink is uh, vodka, vodka, oh. soda, and lime. That's my drink. What's your drink, Cheryl? Margarita. Margarita.
2: Yeah, yeah That's why we Texas so strong. Beer. Beer, yuck!
1: Hey, you oh, be proud sorry. of me. This weekend,
0: this Saturday, I'm going to the wine test tasting uh, event they're having in Oswego to meet up with the Ooh. West Side Divorce Group, which is a bunch of people who have been divorced. I'm Are meeting up. I wine? don't know. No, I'm not going to do the wine, but I'm going to go meet people I've never met before in my entire life. I'm just going to go down. I with-
1: can give you. I can, as a wine expert. Yes, I can give you a quick primer in how to taste wine. Because there's actually a right way to do it.
0: Do you like? Do you drink wine and you drink, sniff
1: it? You, you know? sniff it and then you swirl it because swirling it aerates the wine and it changes the scent. So you sniff it again and then you sip it and then you swish it in your mouth and then you either swallow or spit.
0: Oh, well, I'll remember that in case I.
1: I you see. and I mean you know just like when somebody walks by you don't go. And <laughs> <you up. Nope. laughs> they have a. They have a, a oh, that sorry. You spit it on to. your shoe,
0: yeah. I'm so sorry. I spit on your shoe. No, all right. I, I remember. I just that.
1: wanted to make sure. I would hate Look. to have educated you about and have have somebody walk by and you. I don't like this one.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Bleh, bleh. Okay. <laughs> oh, is Karen says, "Okay,
3: spitting blood."
0: Karen. Okay. Well, I think we should move on because they're kind of long. So I think it's time, uh, Cheryl. I think it's time. Just when you thought the world couldn't get any weirder, it's time for news of the strange <laughs> It's time for some really weird stuff. Well, the first one comes from a wonderful lady by the name of Karen Frazier, where she picked up.
3: Oh,
1: who is she?
0: I don't know, but it's called mine.
1: Actually, I have to wait. I have to say, I actually got it from Jill Thompson at uh, Whisper, you. Washington State Paranormal Investigation Research here in Washington.
0: Thank you. I was, wondering, I was going to ask you where it came from. Okay, so mind-altering quantum experiments shows time has never existed as we think it does. Okay, I'm going to try to get through this, so bear with me. In 2012, U.S. National Medal of Science Award winner Yarkir Aronov, who is regarded as one of the most world's leading quantum theorists, published a paper in natural f- physics showing that the present is constrained by the past and the future. This means that what happens in the present can depend on what happens in the future pretty interesting, which makes no sense as quantum physics really does, which is it true. It doesn't.
1: makes no, no doesn't. sense. No. Okay.
0: It also means that what happened in the past can affect the present. It's definitely something hard to wrap your head around. This isn't the first time quantum physics physicists have studied the structure of time. Here are the details of those experiments. So this is called delayed choice slash quantum eraser slash time. This is a groundbreaking weird experiment that also has tremendous implications for understanding the nature of reality, more specifically the nature of what we call father time. It's known as the Delayed Choice Experiment or Quantum Eraser, and it can be considered a modified version of the double slit experiment. To understand- Which I wrote
1: about in the August 2007 yes, the 2008 that. issue of Paranormal Underground Magazine.
0: Yep. To understand the Delayed Choice Experiment, you have to understand the Quantum Double s- Slit Experiment. This is the experiment. Tiny bits of matter, photons, electrons, or any atomic-sized objects are shot towards a screen that has two slits in it. On the other side of the screen, a high tech video camera records where each photon lands. When scientists close one slit, the camera will show us an, an expected pattern as seen in the video below, which we don't, you can't see it right now. But when both slits are opened, an interference pattern emerges. They begin to act like waves. This doesn't mean that the atomic objects are observed as a wave, even though it recently has been observed as a wave, they just act that way. It means that each photon individually goes through both slits at the same time, interferes with itself, but it also goes through one slit and it goes through the other. Furthermore, it goes through neither of them. So there you go. That's their confusion right there. The single piece of matter becomes a wave of potentials expressing itself in the form of multiple possibilities. And this is why we get the interference pattern. How can a single piece of matter exist and express itself in multiple states without any physical properties until it's measured or observed? Furthermore, how does it choose which path out of multiple possibilities it will take? Then, when an observer decides to measure and look at what which slit the piece of matter goes through, the wave of potential paths collapse into one single path. The particular uh, the particle goes from being again a wave of potentials into one particle taking a single route. It's as if the particle knows it's being watched. The observer has some sort of effect on the behavior of the particle. According yes, to yes, the- it's called
1: that's called the observer effect.
0: Okay. According to the physicist uh, Lee researcher from a study published by the Australian National University, the experiment suggests that reality does not exist unless we are looking at it. It suggests that we are living in a holographic type of universe. So how is all this information relevant to the concept of time? Just as double-slit experiments illustrate how factors associate with consciousness collapse the quantum wave function, a piece of matter existing in multiple potential states, into a single piece of matter with defined physical properties, no longer a wave, all those potential states collapse into one. The delayed choice experiment illustrates how what happens in the present can change what happened or happened in the past. It also shows how time can go backwards, how cause and effect can be reversed, and how the future can cause the past. So the bottom line, time as we measure it and know it doesn't really exist. That was very interesting, Karen. I, liked- I
1: thought that the person who wrote the article actually did a really good job of, of explaining pretty yep. complicated stuff. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, it did make sense yeah. when you put it that way. It was it, They broke it down to, because you know, a lot of time I read the books and I just go, I, I don't know what they're talking about. You lost me. I'd like
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, okay, so now we're going to go into Weird World, okay? Why are real friends, what are real friends for? Fishermen use dead friend as bait to reel in a monster car. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, Paul Fairbase and Cliff Dale, both 65, were supposed to go on a trip with their best friend Ron Hopper, but he tragically died of cancer. So the two best anglers decided the best way to honor their late fisherman friend was to turn his ashes into bait for a legendary catch.
1: Oh, Keen, well, that's not as bad as
0: I thought no, it was. No, no. no, they didn't grind him up. Keen Fisherman no, okay, Mr. Hopper, cost. 64, from Hull, East Yorkshire, was given two weeks to live after being dosed with aggressive liver cancer in December. The trio all from the Hull went fishing in Thailand last year as a retirement holiday and had booked a return this April. But sadly, the former marine engineer lost his battle with cancer on December 22nd and was cremated three weeks later. According to Mr. Fairbase and Mr. Dale, their deceased friend told them on his deathbed that he wanted them to use his ashes as fish bait. He said if he couldn't go to Thailand himself, then his two friends should take his ashes to the Far East with them and infuse them with a special bait mixed called Bollies. While his widow, Judith, scattered half of his ashes on the beach in Granada, the two best friends were given responsibility for the other half. The two fishermen named the special bait Purple Ronnie and cast off with it on the end of their lines through the nine-day trip. The unusual blend bait was so powerful it even helped the two snare a whopping 12-stone Siamese carp, one of the biggest carp fish ever caught in the world. Mr. Firebass said, We were sad that Roddy couldn't come on the trip because he was really looking forward to it, but he was definitely with us when we caught that fish. We caught some smaller fish but didn't think we would get the big one. Ron must have been looking out for us. It seems like it was destiny we would use Ron to catch one of the biggest fish in the lake. Is what he would call it's what he would wanted, mister Dale said. I'm not a religious person, but it felt spiritual. It felt like Ron was there with us. After we caught this fish, I looked up to the heavens and said, Thank you, Ron. Uh, Edward Mounts of the Jurassic Mount Resort, which organized the fishing trip, said the memory of Ron will live on with us. The three men are now part of the Thai fishing legend. The world recorded for the Siamese carp is 134 pounds to us, but the International Fishing Game Association stopped listing them since they were you know, swim in protected waters. The fish Mr. Fairbase and Mr. Dale caught was huge. Ron may not have been with us in person this year, but he certainly was in spirit. He made sure the fishing gods were smiling down and gave Paul and Cliff the catch of a lifetime.
1: How many stone did they say the fish was? They said 12 so the stone. stone is 14 pounds. So. They
0: said 12 stone. So is that 134 pounds? Is that what they said? Uh, it's more. It's
1: 168. 12 stone, okay, 12 stone is uh 14 pounds. Pa- or a stone is 14 pounds. It was 168.
0: So when I first read that, I was like, this is really weird and kind of unusual. No, thought. it's actually very kind sweet, of sweet. was very sweet, though. It was very yeah, sweet. You know, it's said. kind of sweet. Yeah, it's what it was sweet. Like. Yeah, when you first read it, you're like, please don't tell me they ground him up. I don't want to know that. Then I read it first, and I went, oh, okay, it's all right to speak about. It. It's okay. Yeah,
1: it's good- it was almost, it sounds like the headline was almost a little clickbaity.
0: <laughs> yes, it was nice. Uh, the last one I have is really simple, real short one. Uh, Israel girl finds Pharaoh's ancient Egyptian amulet. This was kind of cool. A 12-year-old Israel girl discovered the ancient Egyptian amulet dating back to more than 3,200 years while volunteering for the Temple Mount Sifting Project in Jerusalem. Uh, her and her family took part in the Temple Mounting Sifting Project, an initiative to sort through earth discarded from the area of the biblical temples in Jerusalem. There, she found a pendant shaped amulet bearing the name of the Egyptian ruler, Thutmose III. More than 170,000 volunteers have been partici- participating since the project began in 2004. The discovery comes days before Jews celebrated the holiday of Passover, mar- marking their freedom from bondage in Egypt. Spielman says Tuesday she was excited to learn of the significance of the amulet she found. She says, celebrating Passover this year is going to be extra meaningful to me. So that's kind of cool
2: Oh, that's nice.
0: So yes, we have two nice ones. We had a really interesting, slightly confusing one, but it was okay because we made sense of it. And then One kind of creepy one, return sweet, and then a really sweet one. There you go, and that's the news for today. So, what do you think, ladies? Did you like it?
1: I did. Yes.
0: (laughs) And what did you looking for
1: more? Were you looking for more than that? I was. (laughs) I
0: was hoping for a little more. Yeah, you know. I mean, it really worked hard on those, but that's okay. Um, Nice
1: job, Chuck. Thank you. Add a boy.
0: Hey, high fives! High fives for all you. There you go. Hey, so Cheryl, what did you think about the fish thing? Did you think it was sweet too, or did you think it was in the sweet?
2: end I thought it was sw- I thought it was sweet. I did. I mean, <laughs> hey, if they're all in for it, why not, right?
0: Yeah, hey, yeah. That's what I figured. Like I, I had to so, I had to read the whole thing through before I was going yeah. about to uh, be talking about like the widow is angry because they took his ashes and ran away to Thailand, <laughs> right. And that would be kind of weird.
2: No, that w- that turned out to be a nice story. That was okay.
1: lovely.
0: It was a lovely story lovely. for lovely people and our lovely listeners. So we haven't figured out what we're doing for the, the big show yet, right? Not, not, not the big show?
2: Not quite yet. We're the th- 300th, I mean?
0: I'm sorry, what?
1: The
2: 300th show?
0: That would be correct. The 300th show.
1: Oh, you know, I forgot to mention the most important anniversary of all, not that Bettina's anniversary is an important yes, Cheryl. I know. For those of you who have listened to most of our history, and I know some of you have, um, this is the anniversary of Boppy. What is it? Seven years? Eight years? Something like that. The Boppy wow. incident. Oh, let's see. Two thousand and nine. The Boppy. Six years. Seven years. The Boppy incident. Seven years. Oh. What you're on this show and you don't know about the Boppy incident? What? No. Oh my God! No. This is the second. What? <laughs> what?
0: Share. share <laughs> with me. Say well, what? Say well, what? Uh, what? What? Karen, so, what? share Boppy. Share.
1: Well, on, we so we were doing um. Uh, We used to pre-record our podcasts and and play them. Um, And so we had pre-recorded this roundtable podcast, and it was you and me and Chad, and I think JD, and Shannon, Sylvia, I think that's probably who who it was. I believe so. And um, in the middle of this podcast, I was listening and I was editing it, and in the middle of this podcast, all of a sudden, it was, Bobby! we were talking about the Dybbuk box at the time. And we analyzed the crap out of that thing, and and uh, it was a big deal. <laughs> oh, Teresa, was Teresa West on the call too? Maybe, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we uh, Cheryl's going to dig it up, and we'll we'll pull out the Boppy incident for the three hundredth yeah. show for oh,
0: sure. Oh, good, I want to hear that. So you never figured out yeah. where it came from? Was some creepy no. little?
1: No. No, I accused <laughs> Cheryl of saying it, and she swears it that she would have no reason to holler Boppy.
0: Not me. You're not. Well, it, hopefully like we're not going to find it on like one of their deathbeds like Cheryl's deathbed or something. she goes, "Okay, it was me." I have
2: a <laughs> confession. I have a no.
0: confession like the Patterson thing. It's me. No, really not it what
2: well, I if it I don't think it was me. That's my opinion, but Okay. Let's Y'all see. You'll just
1: have to hear. They listen for the 300th show, which isn't about what about 10 shows or well, something. Well, I found the show
2: on our on our podcast on Podbean and it Okay. It was Shannon Sylvia. Um, we were talking about the Dibbuck Box. Yeah. Was our guest. And then we had you, Karen, Chad, J.D. Harrison and myself. And we were talking about anything and everything. And I think the Dibbuck Box came up and it was just. Copy. Yeah. And the weird thing is just... Bobby so, was so, related to the Dybbuk box but now I'm kind
1: of what is what Yeah, is we couldn't remember it? exactly. It was like wasn't it like the Jewish the Yiddish word for grandma something or something? Something like that. Yeah,
2: something, <gasps> something that.
3: like that.
1: So
2: it was oh. definitely strange if it was an audio glitch that distorted one of our voices. It was it would even be strange that it did that to come come out of Then we Bobby. would say Bobby. <laughs> well, we definitely didn't say that, but uh, yeah.
0: It, oh, it I, I want to hear this. I need I'll to hear it. this.
1: Yes, right. and Good. if
2: you want to listen to it in the meantime, I don't even know if you can find it by listening to it. Karen pulled it
3: out, and it, you should, you but, should, you but I
1: thought all that stuff went bye bye when the old site oh, crashed. Oh, it did go bye
2: bye. However, we have the original interview still up, but we don't have you your sh- isolation of it.
3: So no, but
1: I it. It, I may have it down on Jim's computer. Okay, look for it. Please. Well, here's
0: what um, you so need to I find will. too. You need it. you need to find the show I was on, the the end of the world show, yeah. and go right to the EVP section when they were going. I don't think I hear that. I want to hear are you that. Talking about okay. you.
3: What are you talking on, about? You're on drugs.
0: That doesn't say anything like that. I don't know what you're talking about. what let this guy in the show anyways? Loser.
1: Okay, finally, I admit, that's exactly what I was thinking.
0: <laughs> Karen wants to just poke me in the eyes, though. <laughs> when Karen doesn't look directly at me, I know I'm in trouble. No,
1: I'm texting I'm texting Jim to have him look on his computer for a while. Oh, oh I thought cool. we were texting
0: Jim to come assassinate me. Go to Chuck now and take him out.
1: No, but you know what? Here's the thing about Jim. So, you guys, did you guys ever watch The Office, the uh, U.S. version? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And you remember Dwight Schrute, and there was an episode where he had weapons hidden all over the office? Oh, yes, I do. Yes. I am married to Dwight Schrute. Uh Uh-oh. I opened my piano bench, and there was a machete in there. I said, (laughs) what the hell? They said, well, just in case somebody comes in the back door. Oh, my. He's going to. Okay. By machete. Ouch.
0: As long as the bad guy doesn't get a hold of the weapon and first.
1: And so I was like,
2: hey, Wait, machete. this is what he's going to
1: see. And I'm standing there yeah. like, what do I
2: do with this remind thing? Remind me he's not to like, drop by, Karen, your house yeah. and just pop You're going to swing
0: room. that machete backwards and it's going to be facing the other <laughs> not, way and whack yourself not, in the head oh, with it.
1: Exactly.
2: I shot myself
1: in the hand with a knife. Right, that's what I'm saying. I that I can use a machete effectively. lop
0: <laughs> yourself in the forehead. And the guy's going to look and go, oh, my God, she killed herself. I know what happened.
1: Well, and then he's going to run out of there because he <laughs>
0: The he blood and everything.
1: For murder, yeah.
0: Just start throwing up. Oh my God.
1: I have my ways.
0: <laughs> what a way to get rid of a, a, a burglar. Just start throwing blood. Well,
1: if somebody breaks into the house and, and I'm here, um, I do know how to use a gun. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't shoot myself. Okay. Although I shot myself in the hand with a nail gun. So, again,
0: <laughs> you never know.
1: You never know.
0: That would be bad. I don't have any. I used to have all sorts of weapons around my house—swords and knives hanging on the wall—and you know, I don't have that anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, should we go to break? Um, okay, yeah. sure. That's good. What's sure. Why not? Sure. 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 Rob says, "Oh, and he's coming sh- to Shalos sh- sh- this weekend. Rob, as long as you don't walk into my back door when—first yeah. of all, I'm not going to grab a weapon. It's yeah. just not going to happen. I." Uh, you're not supposed to use weapons if you don't think you could actually pull the trigger or whatever. I'm not sure I could ever actually pull the trigger on a human being. So, if Jim's home, maybe worry a little. Otherwise, you're fine.
0: <laughs> there you go. Lesson for, lesson for the day, Rob.
1: You're fine. <laughs> it's okay. Ooh, thank God. Anyway. Well, when we have people come to the house, he locks them all up.
0: Let's go.
1: Yes, but, yes, there was a machete in my piano bench, and I actually realized I am married to Dwight Schrute, so there you go. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we'll go to break. When we come back, we will be talking to Bob Christopher and Dave Giuliano, so stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, investigating the haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com, or you can visit my website at AuthorKarenFraser.com.
2: Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine.
0: And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites, to ufology, to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions.
2: If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit paranormalunderground.net and start exploring the unexplained
1: today. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground?
0: Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG.
1: Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground.
2: There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite
0: social networking site today. My name is Daryl E. Berry Jr., long-time practitioner researcher and explorer of things metaphysical mystical and cutting-edge and founder and director of next to density a research education and development effort for personal and thus global progress transformation and development my current and upcoming books include travel Far, classes on the course in miracles and next to density for my books and other writings videos interviews public talks and workshops And to schedule for consultations, classes, and courses, visit daryleberryjr.com or nextdensity.org. Next Density. Change Yourself. So, are you looking for the best in paranormal radio? Well, you just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier,
3: for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained.
1: That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we'll, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well.
0: So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring
3: the unexplained.
1: We are
0: back with Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your host, Karen Frazier and me, Chucky e. G. And we have no guests.
1: <sighs> I don't know what we're going to do. Mercury. Retro i was so, gonna say so, that <laughs> so here
0: we want here's what we want to do we want anybody that's in the chat room like, like my brother tom um bob uh uh rob any any all you people i want tom to call in too though i want my brother to call in uh karen can you give the phone number on they can call and they can ask us questions and we'll just
1: no be... i cannot but cheryl might be. <laughs> come able on you. cheryl do it i
2: am i'm gonna put it right in the chat room i just did
0: okay it's in the chat room get your phones Get your little thingies going, dial in, ask us cool paranormal questions, and we'll pretend like we know what we're talking
1: about. Otherwise we are going to um just bore you silly. <laughs>
3: bore yes. you
0: silly. We're gonna talk about really boring non paranormal.
1: I can count questions. to a thousand. Would you like to hear it? One, hey, listen
0: Oh. Can we sing like 100, uh, 100 <laughs> bottles of beer in the wall? 99 bottles of beer. beer <laughs> well, <way. laughs> hey. oh, because I don't like beer. All right, there's the phone number. There it is, folks. It's 714 646 4197. And I want to hear people calling right now. Get your phone. Please. Come on, Tom. Get your please, phone. Tom, Come on, call us. Call us this
2: is so boring. Oh my
0: God. What are we going to talk about? I don't know what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about chipmunks.
1: So I want to talk. No, I'm not going to talk about chipmunks. <laughs> we, we can talk. Whatever,
3: about,
0: whatever.
1: I want to talk about that time thing.
0: Well, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. The mind-altering quantum experiment shows time has never existed as a thing. That we think it does. Does that, that thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go. So
1: I've always, I've always thought that that time is an illusion. Right. And that's why. Um, and, and so it raises interesting questions, like if you're a paranormal investigator, okay, mm-hmm. and you realize that time doesn't exist in the way we think it does, okay. and they have experiments proving this. So when we're communicating with spirits who are supposedly from another time, are they actually just somewhere in time? And um, they think they're communicating with spirits as well, so well, there's like a slip in time or, you know, it just... It that's, is,
0: a, that's an interesting theory because maybe we're not even talking to spirits at all.
1: We're talking to their live bodies.
0: Yeah, we're just talking to people. Just <laughs> in different... that. Oh, that would really be a trip, wouldn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and I was mentioning to you um, off the air that with Reiki and distance Reiki, you can send Reiki back in time. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if you... Um, had a traumatic experience in your life right when you were a kid or something okay you can send reiki back in time to yourself at that time to help you through that experience so that it shapes you perhaps differently than it would have otherwise
0: that's pretty cool that's that's all right well if we're talking that way then is death real do we really die
1: if we're talking. We oh, can go. Well, it's just a transition, but yeah, yeah go on. I'm
0: saying, you know, like if, if you're talking like weekend, we're in, we're like the past is in the same zone as we'll say time, the same zone as we are and the future is in the same zone. Then is it just a continuous loop? No one's dying. It's just you know what I mean. It just keeps playing itself out, and I don't you know what I mean. I'm am my head hurts trying to think about that because then the person dies, but they then what they just come back alive right away and they're just back in that past well...
1: again or. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. And if you think about it, because I believe that we live um, multiple lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, re- I believe in reincarnation. Yes. And so if that's the case, are we living all of those lives simultaneously, but because of the way we need to perceive time as past, present, and future, it okay. seems like a different time, but really it's all happening right now. And what it is, is the the um, multiverse. You've heard of the multiverse, right? Yes. Yes, I have. Yes. Okay. So what they're—that's what they're talking about with the double slit experiment—is that all of these um, particles exist as possible, um, as they exist as a wave, right? And so they exist as a series of possibilities, and infinite possibilities, until somebody observes it, right?
0: Okay. Right. Yep.
1: So this part of my soul is observing the possibilities in this timeline.
0: Alright. Uh, does that
1: make sense or did I confuse yeah. you? Yeah.
0: No, 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 no. It, it kind of makes so, sense.
1: So what it, so what? they talked about the observer effect mm-hmm. and that uh, being an observer changes the outcome of something, right? Right. Um, or it affects an outcome. Right. So my theory is, is that I was talking about that you can send Reiki back to yourself to a different place and time. Yes. So all that does is it Jumps your awareness to a different timeline where you had that reiki available to you.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that makes sense. It's just like it's so hard to grasp in my brain. You know? uh, okay.
1: So do you know? Do you know about Schrodinger's cat?
0: No, I do not No, I don't Okay,
1: you've probably heard of Schrodinger's cat at least. Yes, I've heard of it, oh. I just don't know. So, it's a it's a thought experiment. It's not an experiment that was ever done. No cats were harmed in the making of this this thought experiment. Okay. So, Schrodinger's cat basically Schrodinger, who was a physicist, postulated that if you put a cat in a box with a little vial of poison and half of the time the poison breaks and kills the cat and half the time the cat is alive. That cat in the box remains both dead and alive until someone opens the box and observes what happened to the cat.
0: Yeah, all right. That makes sense because you don't okay. know until… Right.
1: And so what that's called is the cat is in those two states, dead or alive. The cat is a uh, wave uh, uh, just possibilities, right? Right. right. And so um, basically what that is is when you observe the cat, it's called wave function collapse. It becomes one thing or the other.
0: Well, yeah, but when they're talking about that, saying, well, time's not there unless there's the observer. Well, people are yeah. always observing, so there's always going to be time
4: or.
1: Sure, but it's where think- your awareness goes to what. Hey, Bob, are you on the line?
4: Yes, I am. Hi, Bob. You're
1: listening to this, so you- or did you call the- <laughs> to-, to enter into our quantum physics discussion so that we can blow Chuck's mind? Pew.
4: Well, right, but
0: yeah, but but it, but like I said, what, what were you just saying now? Because I said, well, someone's always observing. So if okay, I'm not observing, exactly. you guys are observing. It's still. But here. here's
1: what it, it matters for you because who's the observer okay. in your life?
0: Me, of course, me.
1: Right. right. So if your life exists in. All of these possibilities, which would be the multiverse, all the okay. various possibilities, where you put your attention collapses that wave function into one thing or another. And that's uh, how you, so you're uh, the observer. Okay. So in my life, I'm the observer and my awareness may jump to different timelines So as well. So you so, so- exist in all of those possibilities. So we exist as friends in, in right. most of those possibilities mm-hmm. probably. There are probably some that we don't because oh. I was probably a bitch to you at one point or something and, and oh. one of
3: them well, um well,
1: you know it happens right. um but our attention my attention is on mm-hmm. this right here and whoa somebody just bumped my chair <laughs> I'm sitting in the haunted room and everyone's <laughs> <in the morning. laughs> okay. so I just actually I just actually felt my chair bump maybe, I, and saw maybe a it was maybe me. it was
0: you that bumped the chair
1: <laughs> it could be another
0: you that bumped the chair from it, another it, time it,
1: anyway. It, but does that make sense? So, Bob, yeah. what do
4: you think yeah. about that, Bob Fountain? I Bob I, Fountain. I, to, I totally agree. I'm, right now, I'm watching or I'm reading a, a book called "The Grand Illusion," which is talking about quantum physics and spirituality, and more and more quantum physicists are tying into what all the uh, um, metaphysical students and the uh, paranormal people are saying. That yeah, quantum physics uh, says that it's very possible that everything that they talk about in spirituality is real.
0: So if, uh, so if like, when I go to sleep then, so if me as the observer, when I go to sleep, th- does that mean then at that point I'm not existing until I reopen my eyes and start observing again?
1: No, because you're dreaming and you're traveling as a spirit. No, because it's not saying that you don't exist when you're not observing. You always exist. Okay. You exist forever with billions of possible chucks.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And so, you know how, like, um, I always talk about affirmation and visualization and yes. how what you put your attention on manifests in your life? Yes. Well, I'm the observer. I'm putting my attention there. So, of course, it's manifesting that way because that's the, the part of the wave function I'm choosing to observe. Okay. And so, there's where my attention is. So, no, you still exist. Okay. You always exist. You're eternal. All
3: right. Okay. Just,
0: yeah. And we're, uh, Bob, what, what group are you with, by the way, sir? Besides the human. Spectral
4: tech. There you go. Yes, there we sex. go.
1: Cheryl asked us to remind people, so we did.
4: Oh, we'll yeah. Well, well, one of like these that. days, one of these days, we'll get together and do something again. It's getting harder and harder to find places to investigate. Yes. Yeah.
3: That's true. You
4: don't want to well, go that's the same ones. There's a lot of groups. <laughs> and then, uh, well, not around here, there isn't. There's, I think, two groups. But like the one you and me have been talking about, Karen, mm-hmm. if I go there and do what I'm going to do we're not going to be investigating there anymore because I'm going to help the spirits cross over. And then, uh, all there'll be is just mean old father and heck I don't want to get scratched and slapped. So I ain't going back.
1: <laughs> yeah. But other people will like that.
4: Yeah. Of yeah, course. Other
1: people will like that. So that will be fine.
4: Yeah. Not for me. No, 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 no.
1: Well, but is your focus truly on investigating at this point or is your focus more on communicating and, um, helping things
4: along it's more communicating and helping in fact i read a, a book on uh, uh just that helping spirits crossover so there's uh, a lady I, that wrote a uh, entire book
0: i got a question on that on the helping spirits crossover part um so is that all right so is it our duty to help spirits crossover are 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 we intervening when we really maybe shouldn't be intervening I what do you feel about so. that well, I mean, you know, maybe they're here for a reason. Maybe they're supposed to be here. Maybe they're
1: Yeah, but here's the thing, then they won't cross over until they're not here until the the reason is up.
0: So in other words, if you were to try to cross them over and say they were here to be a guide or you whatever, can, then, then they not wouldn't.
1: Here. Okay. Yeah, you d- you can't force anything on any of them.
0: Well, I'm just trying to oh, I'm yeah. just trying to understand it cuz no, I don't No, I don't no, no. I know.
1: That. I'm I'm just saying you can't you can't force it on them. So, um, I think that if People are ego identified and still here as spirits. They are for a reason. There's a purpose to that, and I think right. that when time for them to cross, if they need help, someone helps them.
3: Okay,
0: so and then if they're not can,
1: ready, they won't go.
0: So, do you like when you go to a place to do this? Can you tell if they're ready? Will they tell you they're ready? Yeah, you know, How's it? Okay.
4: In no, fact, that's that's what happened with me. Uh, so. I ask I ask them questions with using a, a EVP mm-hmm. meter. And uh, the K-2, when I asked if uh, they liked it where they were at, and I didn't get an answer, I said, do you not like it where you're at? And it lit up. And then I asked, do you want to cross over? And the uh, the thing lit up again. So we knew the little girl was there for since 1880s, and uh, she's the one that's lost. She can't find how to get across. And Karen told me what I needed to do, and first chance I get, I'm going to try to do it. I'd rather go there and do it, but... Like uh, the way Reiki works, since the mind is uh, everywhere at all times, I mm-hmm. should be able to do it from from home here.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: All I so, got to do is get in that where I visualize I'm there and and communicate with a little girl and try to get hold of her mother spirit.
0: So how do they? How, all right. So it's I don't over. know if we can answer this question. And but, I
4: should feel it when it happens.
0: How?
1: Yeah, how oh can, God! Yeah, you feel it. Have you have you d- had this experience yet, Bob?
4: No. No. you
1: will know <laughs> trust me you will feel it in every fiber of your being you, you'll know yeah,
4: yeah that that's uh, what i kind of figured
0: well how do they yes. not know how to cross over themselves i mean how, how do they get stuck well, I and mean, what's the because issue
1: some of them are ego they're identified with their ego and so they've forgotten who they are as a spirit and so some of them just need a little help um so a lot of times uh you will ask their guides to come. You'll ask your guides to bring someone for them, um, things like that. So I can explain to you what happens when it happens with me. Yeah, I want to
0: know. Yes, I want to know.
1: Okay. So um, when I feel them and they let me know that you know that they want to go or it's time for them to go, um, mm-hmm. and I can usually feel when it's time for them to go, um, yes. but they are having trouble, I guess, um, for whatever reason – I close my eyes, and what I can see when I'm talking to a spirit is I see it's all dark, and I see it from the spirit's perspective, okay? And they're standing in this very, very dark room, and you can see a door um, somewhere in the room, far away, near, and it's partly open, just a crack. It might be open a little more. It might be closed completely shut. And so I see the door. Okay. um, And I see how far away they are from the door and how wide or closed their door is. And so I talk to them about that, and I ask if they'd like to try the doorknob, and if they'd like to poke their head through, or if they need somebody to come to the door and help them through, extend a hand, any of those things. And um, that's just that's what we do, or what I do. That's my process. And okay. I can see as soon as they, as soon as they're ready to go through that door, and I've had some where they go and they stand in the that door, they lean against the door, and they look at me like. I'm not going. I mean, and and some <laughs> of them I've had where it's you feel this whoosh and they're gone, just whoosh and they're gone. And that's what's going to happen with this little girl. I think Bob is that yeah. um, it's just going. To be, it's it's going to be so quick, and you'll feel it.
4: Yeah, that's well. The feeling I got is like you said. She's ego identified when she drowned mm-hmm. as a little girl. All the knowledge she has with her, even though she's in spirit, is the knowledge that she had as a little girl when she was human. So she yes, hasn't got that, that ability where an older person who's lost that ego, they know what they can do. This Civil War soldier, he, he pretty Sometimes, much.
1: Sometimes, but some of them remain ego identified too. If you were a really strong ego for whatever reason in your life, whether it was through abuse or um, having a lot of power or whatever it is. A lot of times they forget. Yeah. Rob, uh, Rob St. Helen and and Chad is talking about Leonard. Um, and you you probably know of Leonard, our, our little boy from Wellington Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, he went, you know, and it was hard to do. He was a little guy. He was, uh, very young. He was ego identified, um, as a three-year-old. He just, he, for whatever reason, he didn't quite, he didn't remember until he did.
0: And 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 I know we, we've talked about this before a while back when, when we were dealing with when you were dealing with Tom at the museum mm-hmm. um, that they can come back then later on once they, mm-hmm. yeah Tom the pops side. in every
1: once in a yeah Tom pops in every once in a while mm-hmm. but he's he's very different where before Tom crossed over he was super um, powerful and kind of aggressive feeling and stuff yeah now he's a very he still has. He still vibrates in the same way. In other words, I still recognize him as him, but it's a much gentler feeling.
0: Okay, yeah, I was going to ask about that. If if, if if there's that change when they come back, you know,
1: mm-hmm. so
4: interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Bob.
4: I say, do they go over and get an attitude adjustment? <laughs>
1: well, they no. They go over and they remember who they really are. And once oh. you connect to who you are as spirit. um you lose all those rough edges that the rough edges that we have as human beings, in embodied human beings, we have it because of our egos. Well,
4: have you noticed too when you meditate all the time, your dreams, the nature of your dreams, change a lot? Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, yes.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Because I, thought I, I
0: think... was the only one that was experiencing that. So go ahead. Oh, no, no.
4: Because what, what happens is, is, that's exactly what happens your mind starts connecting with the part of you that's really you the part that's Mm -hmm. in your subconscious you can't see Mm -hmm. and it starts bringing up stuff that you'd never thought of before uh one of the things i woke up one night my leg was just hurting so bad all i could smell is gunpowder around me and uh i just got this feeling i was a civil war soldier and i got my leg blown off and which was kind of funny because i lived up north for 30 some years i moved down here and somebody said well do you like it down there? I said, "Well, yeah. I never liked the north. I always wanted to be in the south." And I thought, "Well, most likely, I used to joke about it that uh, I was probably a Civil War soldier. I did something to irritate the Lord, and he made me come back as a Yankee." <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be
0: like if you were, you know, if you died a Cubs fan, and were born a Sox fan. Is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah. well
1: that's just karma that's not God God doesn't get retribution that's just your own karma man
0: yeah it's just coming around to get you that's interesting All right, so let's talk about let's talk about uh, negative or hostile um, spirits I mean now we're talking about how you if they don't want to go they're not going to go but how do you deal with Negative entities when you know you got to move them and you know you got to get them out of there. Is that just different?
1: You can't move oh, no. them until they're ready to go. You can't force any to go. And I know that there are mediums and psychics who say, oh, we well, we moved that person on. Well, it's just yes. not the case. It only moves on. People only move on if they want to. So, you know, I mean, I've come across some spirits who are real assholes. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay. You know, they're not. Um, demons or anything like that—they just weren't nice people in life, and they're still identified with that not very nice person, and so they do not very nice things because it's what don't they you didn't think like
4: to do. There, go ahead. Don't you th- don't you think also that some of the negative entities that you experience weren't human?
1: Um, that's uh, with- the other thing so, I believe. Yeah, yeah,
4: they're they're not going to cross over to where a human spirit might yeah. cross over. They're going to—they have their own dimension they came from, in which quantum theory talks about, and they're not going to the same place everybody else goes so totally different
1: you know I don't think that that's necessarily true I think we all ultimately come from the same place yeah Um, but I think what happens is the ones that aren't human and have never been human they don't understand the human experience and we don't understand their experience. And so the vibration feels very different. So we feel it as negative and we experience it as negative, but we just don't understand because they haven't had the same experiences we have.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, so that's my theory about the negative, super negative inhuman type entities is it's not that they're bad. It's that they kind of have a different value system, maybe even and so they're acting from their own sense of value system, and it's, it's not an experience we understand, so we, we experience it as negative. And also, their vibration is different than ours because they're just as ego-identified with whatever they were as we are with what we are, right?
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: so they vibrated. While you're ego-identified, you vibrate at a different level than when you're no longer ego-identified. And so their vibration feels really heavy to us or really different because it's foreign to us.
0: Interesting. Then, that's my theory. So then, when we're all right, so let's, so let's. I don't, I don't, I don't know a lot about this particular topic, but you know, when we're talking demons or such, you know, when you're talking like exorcisms and stuff like that, is that's a that's a whole different realm of what we're speaking. That's
1: religion. Now, right. That's religion, yeah. in my opinion. What do you think, Bob?
4: Yeah, I I was brought up in a church school and listened to all that, and then I started when I got old enough to do my own thing i started reading about all the great religions and most of them seemed at some point they started out with a good thought but then they decided to manipulate people and almost every religion's got some kind of punishment if you don't do what they tell you you need to do right and religions are
1: about people and power and control
4: yep so that's why i'm taking the metaphysical route it's basically it's it's not religion it's spirituality right so uh because I've
0: never run anything bad. I mean, not nothing like it's uh, but I've heard. You know, and I've been doing this thirty years. I mean, I have never run into anything like that. Negative, yes. Cranky, yes. Likes to swear a lot, yes. But I mean, nothing. You know, uh, that was you know that, that they they put out there. Uh, otherwise, I've never I've never come across. Once. that.
4: I did once. I did once at Waverly Hills.
1: Oh, mm. and, and well, I did once.
0: You did once. You th- I see. I've never. I mean, I've had. Touched its scratched, maybe, but nothing, uh, anything other than that. So what, what, what know, did you have,
4: Bob? I just got overwhelmed with dread. I was walking down the third floor. They got a thing called the uh, uh, creeper. It yeah, the comes creeper. up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was I was down close to the end of one of the hallways by myself because they were doing an EVP session. I find them boring. They, they, you're sitting there talking to dead air looking like an idiot. So I went off down one of the halls by myself, and I was way down at the other end. And all of a sudden, it's like you'd feel if somebody was coming at you with a knife and you know you're going to die, right? That feeling. And it just kept in waves coming over me. In fact, I, I don't scare very easily. I walked backwards about 30 feet out of there before I turned around. And what was funny about that is the team finally caught up to me and said I was an idiot for going off by myself. But uh, yeah. they started walking down there. And I figured, well, I'll show them. I ain't going to say anything. They got the same area, and all of a sudden, they became overwhelmed with it. it so whatever was there, I mean, it was just like pure evil. Mm-hmm. And I decided, I see, didn't but like, uh,
1: is it pure evil, or is it just something that a vibration we don't understand, and so it comes across? We interpret it as pure evil. But I truly believe that it's just another being that hasn't had the human experience, and so we don't understand or, or and the vibration
4: well, yeah, strikes terror in us. Or try to manipulate your mind to do that, just to get you out of there.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and and the one that we had was a, a private residence that um, I was doing with South Sound Paranormal Research. Patty's in the chat room. She probably remembers it. Um, and there was just some kind of weird stuff in the house and stuff, but it was in the garage. There was something in the garage, and, it, and um, we had a ghost box and i said we're going to get some weird language on this ghost box and we got like what this guttural kind of celtic sounding mm-hmm. language on the ghost box and it just didn't feel like a spirit as i know it
3: mm-hmm. and awesome.
1: it was and, and it felt dark and it felt awful and um
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, we we didn't like it
0: yeah i mean i've gotten ones where i've maybe feel dizzy or nauseous um like, we went to Mineral Springs in Alton. We were down in where the Mineral Springs used to be, the Fountain of Youth, they used to call it in the, that day. But it's just a gigantic, huge room. It's all cement. It's like five floors underneath the ground. And I remember just feeling like I was going to pass out, you know. Um, and I had to get out of there. But I've never had anything like where I, it, where I, you know, just made me want to get the heck out of the room. You know what I mean? I mean I've, I've gotten creeped out a little bit, but nothing like that, not as heavy as that. So, it's interesting.
4: If we had... We had one place uh, that we just did. It was called Patina's in town. And there was a a dentist that had, in fact, Cheryl's got the article. There was a dentist that had lived up above this store, and she died mysteriously. And uh, all kinds of stuff was happening down in the store. We went up to the apartment because it happened to be empty, and the store owner happened to have a key. So we kind of snuck up there. And we asked if she was murdered, because that was one of the theories. It didn't light up. Then we asked, did she die of an overdose? Because I guess she had been known to partake of some of her own drugs. And basically, it lit up the K2 that that's what happened. But uh, she was scaring the heck out of some of the people who worked in the store. But there was another young girl that worked in the store. She was always befriending her, which I thought was kind of neat, where she picked out one person she wanted to be a friend with, And the other people around that store, she didn't want anything to do with and tried to run them off. She didn't like men whatsoever. Uh And what's happened, though, is this young girl, she became a dental hygienist and moved to Nashville. And all of a sudden, all the activity has stopped in the store because the spirit that was there was a dentist. So we've been trying to get hold of her to ask, have anything kind of strange happened to you since you moved to Nashville? Uh Because I'm pretty sure what's happened is that spirit attached to her. Because she said she was her friend to begin with, and uh, she just followed her to Nashville. Hmm. So there's one less place to investigate.
1: <laughs> yeah, but there's always new places.
4: Oh yeah, oh yeah. You
1: know, there's always there's always something.
4: We just got oh. the okay to do a, 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 a. It was an old mortuary here in town. Uh-huh. In fact, downstairs there's still bottles up on the walls in the basement where they did the uh, uh, embalming. There's still some bottles left down there. Nobody will go down in that place. And uh, <laughs> the, the current resident, she sees people walking up and down the staircase from the first and second floor all the time. Nothing yeah. bothers her. But uh, she says she tries to not even think about it. But she said as soon as she gets over a surgery she had, she's going to let us get into that place. Wow, that so I'm looking cool. forward to that. see so, Now,
0: Rob, you're saying with Rob, Rob was saying, you know, if you're a. Well, if you're an ass in real life, you'd be ass after you're dead. But I mean, don't you yeah. think that some people? I mean, I I know that some people change after death. Some people, I don't know if you want to find well, when they're uh, no see longer the when they're
1: no when they're no longer ego identified, they change. But while they're yes. ego identified, while they're identified with who they were,
0: they still say, "Well, yeah, that would make sense." Where yeah. it stays the same, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, okay, yeah. Because I mean, I I know, like my father, for instance, you know, was not a very uh a nice guy at least to me anyways we didn't get along you know so of course i added to the issues too but i know that he's t- totally different now you know in the afterlife and he's actually one of my spirit guides so it's kind of interesting that 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 happened and there, here's another question so we're talking about spirit guides uh, some people believe spirit guides cannot be our loved ones some people believe they can um karen what's your thought process on that
1: can people be spirit guides? Is that what you? Yeah, like yeah.
0: If there, if if they were, you know, people you knew in life, you know, your loved ones, can they be um, your spirit I, guides? I, or I, is, it has so, to be so
1: here's what I think. I think okay. that we have spirit guides who are our spirit guides um, through phases of our spiritual growth, usually over lifetimes. Okay. And so, um, can I use your dad as an example?
3: Yeah, sure. It's okay. Okay,
1: so your dad came into your life. In the way that he presented in your life as a guide to allow you to learn certain lessons. So, even though it seems like it was a bad act, it was an act of love, what he was doing, of spiritual love. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Not, you know, because I'm not saying hitting you is love,
3: clearly, or
1: things like that, but it was an act of spiritual love that he allowed himself to come into this lower vibrational form and be a complete tool. Mm hmm because he was your guide and that was a lesson that you were needed to learn and he loved you the spirit you the spirit mm-hmm. yeah. of who you are enough to mm-hmm. come into your life and present in that way and and now he's reverted to your guide form.
0: Right, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, cuz he's very protective now. So it's like mm-hmm. totally spun. Well, out. he
1: was before too. I mean, yeah. so it's hard to separate when we're embodied, it's super hard to separate um spiritual from the way people are in their lives. So, mm-hmm. like I can look at my ex-husband who was a narcissistic douchewad and still is. <laughs> um and think, "Oh my god, this guy has, blah, you know, but he's the father of my son." That's right. an act of love that his spirit came and gave me this child. Um he I am such a stronger person just for having been with him. My son is a stronger person for having been his son. As far mm. as dealing with a narcissistic douche-wad. I mean, so I it's hard, but it's hard for me because he's still a narcissistic douche, and he's just a creeper in my life, um, mm. and he's not nice to his kid, and those things are hard to separate from the fact that I realize that as a spirit, we've gained so much from that. So his spirit is behaving in a loving manner, even though he, the person, isn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. So, uh, topic of meditation. I'm just kind of curious. Like Bob, for instance, you, you meditate. When you meditate, do you go somewhere in particular? Do you connect to something in particular? Is it just all nothing? I mean, what, what, happens, no, when you, what happens when you meditate?
4: There's, there's no way your mind's going to get quiet. That just isn't going to happen. Right. It's, exactly. just how, it's just how you observe your mind. If, I mean, yes. if all of a sudden you're thinking about stuff you have to do tomorrow— Mm-hmm. And that's what you're thinking about. That's one thing. If you're sitting there observing that, all of a sudden, I'm thinking about tomorrow popping in my mind, and you kind of separate yourself from that. I've been able to do that since as a kid. Yeah. I sit there and monitor my own thoughts. Going, mm-hmm. well, this is a stupid thing. How did this pop in my mind? So when I meditate, that happens a lot. But if I go in with affirmations, saying I want to see certain things or do certain things, mm-hmm. uh, one time I did an affirmation. I'd like to meet my spirit guide. Well for the next 20 minutes, I had 15 different faces, I mean, get within inches of me to where I could see their pores, I could feel their breath, you know, it, it popped in. I thought, Well, that could be my own mind just going nuts or it could mm-hmm. be seeing one of my spirit guides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same spirit I'm- guide. I might not have the same. This life, I might have you know, John as a spirit guide. Next life, because I'm supposed to learn new lessons, I need a different spirit guide, possibly, that would be better suited to help me worth those lessons. Right. So I might have had a hundred spirit guides over my lifetimes. Mm-hmm. What about you? Karen's smiling. <laughs> Are you agreeing or you got your own? Uh...
1: Well, so um, I think that we have a spirit guide who kind of goes with us all the through time. lifetimes. But I also think that we have others who guide us for during different parts of our life during different lifetimes because they have different skill sets and different knowledge, just like we Mm -hmm. do when we're alive. Um, So yeah, I, I totally, I I think you were probably seeing those who are there and guiding you and probably it was um, not just guides, but uh, just people who are watching over you and sort of um, and spirits that have agreed to be with you in this lifetime, even in an embodied form. To teach you the lessons that you the to help you reach the goals that you set for yourself before you came here.
4: Yeah, and sometimes you, you wonder, are, are they? Was that my spirit guides, or was that some of the faces of myself in past lives?
1: Oh, it could be too.
4: Yeah, because I mean, be it, was, too. it was different races, different ages, different nationalities. Oh, yeah. it was just a cross section, everything which wouldn't normally pop in your mind. So that's that's one of the things with meditation. If just day to day mundane things pop in your mind, it's probably your physical mind just doing what it does. Mm-hmm. But if all yeah. of a sudden you yeah. you get stuff coming in your mind that's just totally out in left field from what you would normally think, you kind of need to pay attention to it because it just didn't pop in there on its own. Right. It's right. something trying to talk to you or tell you about. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did a meditation. Um, so I do something called inner light consciousness meditation sometimes, not, not as often as I should. Um, but I did this inner light consciousness meditation to meet my guide. Um, and it's what I'm going to be doing this weekend at the class on Saturday that I'm teaching is, uh, I'm going to do a, a kind of a modified guided ILC meditation so people can meet their guides. But, um, so my guide came up to me and, uh, He's a really funny guy, His name is Paul, and I think he's got to be like my main guide um and he dresses in costumes because and and it's not like um it's it's not like just kind of run of the mill costumes. he dresses in these outrageous uh almost like culturally insensitive costumes it's it's so it's it's kind of funny because he'll come one day and But because he can take on any form you want, his costume changes, but it's still always him. So one day he came and he had a big long Fu Manchu mustache and he was wearing a kimono and, you know, another time he comes and he might look like Groucho Marx. So he's just, and I think he does it because he knows I get bored easily and um, I like change. And so he does it because he presents in a way that, that he knows that I'm going to be amused by or relate to or that type of thing.
4: Interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I take, I, when I do, when I do mine, I take my, I take my, it's funny because I take my thoughts and I uh, throw them into a folder. That's how I look at it. When I go into meditation, I take all my, my physical thoughts, I say, okay, time to put them into a folder and just kind of stay open. And that's when I'll start winding up in like different places like that painting I had made where I was like, all of a sudden here's this bridge and here's this water and there's the log cabin and there's the, you know, there's a town beyond it. And I can see the uh, houses over here. And then one time it was just recently, it's kind of started to change up a little where I wound up. I think it was like the old West because it was like all like very orangey looking, you know, with the sand and the, the, the way the sun was going down. It was like this old West town with like the old wooden, you know, uh, wooden step ups to all the different buildings and stuff. And, uh, Uh, It just was interesting because things uh, are—they were always—I was always going to the same place, um, and within that place, going to different areas. And now all of a sudden, now I'm going to totally different areas. You know, where I'm uh, connecting to all sorts of different beings and stuff like that. I don't know what you want to call them. You know, I mean, some look like angels. I mean, I I, I, because I always call them guardians, but that's what they look like. I mean, and I'm not that kind of a person either. So I find it really interesting that they come that way to me um but i mean i I learn a lot from them they actually share stuff with me and i journal it and uh uh, i've learned a lot from these experiences but you know sometimes i think if it is it just me am i just losing it or but uh
1: have you gone into the room with the akashic records yet
0: no i've gone to this white room where it's like a uh it's funny because it's like called the war room but it's not really a war room but it's like it's just all white kind of clouds like you would just typically think in religion but i'm not religious but it's a white room and it's got this big white round table and sometimes there's like there's people sitting there they look like angels they're sitting there and they're talking sometimes there's just one person there and i go sit down and they talk to me so i'm not always going there but when i go there i find it really interesting because it's white like everywhere uh but they'll sit there and they'll give me like certain things i need to like words or thoughts or descriptions i need to go look them up and and how do they apply to me and it's like i'm actually getting homework and you know? i'm like and some of the yeah. stuff i don't even know but i'm like okay right i get out of it i write it down right away um and then i see how it all connects but that's probably the most interesting place that i go to it, every so often i'm just i, I want to say i'm up there because i just feel like i'm up there uh, but um yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting uh, feeling and stuff, too. Like, I've gotten a couple jolts right out of it, like where I'm sitting in meditation and I just, my whole body just jolted. Like, I didn't even know what the heck it was. It scared the heck out of me. And um, like this, this wave of energy. And then I eventually I calmed down and I could hear him in my head saying, just stay calm, stay calm. We're, we're giving you a gift or whatever. That's I think that's how they said it. And then uh, eventually I came out of it. And I was much more, I don't know if we're, what, you want to say enlightened or whatever, but. It was definitely a, a very unusual experience for me.
4: Did you ever notice, though, the more you meditate, it's almost like an addiction? You you almost feel yeah. lost if you don't do it? Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually, last week I was so busy, and so I think I only meditated like once or twice last week. And I meditate every day for 45 minutes at least, and I give myself Reiki, too. And um, last week I just had so much going on, and so I didn't. And um, oh man, I was a cranky pants by the end of the week. No, wait, oh, yeah. no
0: I want to ask about the. What did you say about the Akashic records? Is that you're Akashic saying Akashic Re- records. What, what, yeah. What so that? I
1: sent. I just. I sent you a link in um, Skype. To uh, a okay. Got it. Okay. That, that you, Cheryl and Bob, can use, um, but oh, don't right. give it to anybody else. Just because okay. it's. Uh, yeah. Just. Okay. Just because, but it's so it's a guided meditation that actually takes you up to your personal temple and you can go into the Akashic records, uh, which is the records of everything and they'll bring you books. Yes. And you can look things up. You can look really? up things from your past, but they'll only bring you books about things that you need to know.
4: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, so, and then, uh, this one also has a healing room where you can go and be healed yourself or help heal other people. Okay. Um, and it also has a meditation room as well.
4: That's good okay. because, you know, when you get to the records and you flip through like the last three lifetimes, you found out on all three of you was an asshole. You know, that, <laughs> it's just bad, you know. Oh, <laughs> man. But, I, yeah, the, the meditation can get you, get you there quicker than any, any other way because what it's doing is bypassing all the human uh, uh, filters we put on ourselves. And once you go totally spiritual, you can... That's that stuff. Hmm. Uh, the, the little blue-haired ladies. I used to call them little blue-haired ladies. They were. I went to a spiritualist church. I think I mentioned this before in an interview that uh, I went there not because I was into spiritualist churches. I was just dating this really hot girl, and she was a Wiccan, and she went to that church. So I went, and these little blue-haired ladies, they told me, you know, they said, you need to meditate because they told me I had latent psychic abilities, and they could help me develop them. Well, I'm 20 years old. I don't want to hang with a bunch of little old blue-haired ladies. So, you know, I says, well, thank you very much. But, you know, so I just moved on. Where I find the more and more I meditate, the more and more some of those latent abilities are coming out.
1: Oh, right. Is, I know. Yeah. Yep, and I'm I have sure. these incredible flashes of insight when I meditate. Um, and things that I'm supposed to write down and things that I'm supposed to do and things that I'm supposed to think about. and Yeah.
4: Well, I, locally, I'm kind of like a problem solver for a lot of things because my job was process engineering, so I solve problems. But somebody'll come up with me and ask me something that's just totally out of my field, and all of a sudden, in my mind, pops the solution. Yeah, and it'll be some I've I, I don't even think I've ever read on, but I've come up with the answers that they need. Now that ain't like getting psychic uh, flashes of somebody's history, what they need to know. It's just I get answers that I shouldn't have. Yeah,
1: well, you know, so, okay, Jim and I were talking about this. So, you know, I have all my weird abilities. They're not weird. I just, I have all my abilities. And he has like, he has a superpower. And his superpower is that he can find his way anywhere without navigation. I mean, he's just, he never gets lost. He always knows exactly where he's going. And he said to me, you know, just like you have your abilities, I wonder if that's my psychic ability. And I said, you know, it very well could be.
4: My God, Jim's a pigeon.
1: <laughs> He's
4: a pigeon in his former life, a homing pigeon. Maybe. Maybe that.
1: I mean but, but maybe that's his maybe that's his ability. Yeah. Maybe maybe we we have such a narrow view of what it is to be psychic when really it can be all of these things, anything that you're intuitively good at. Like um, you know, at his power plant, he understands innately that plant. He's what they call him the plant whisperer. And so why can't that just – maybe that's where his abilities are and his psychic abilities are.
4: You know, I always wondered about that because since time is not real, can you come from a future life and incarnate to a lifetime in the past with that knowledge of that future technology? You know, people like uh, Tesla and, uh, well, I was going to say Thomas Edison, but he was kind of screw up. He just kept on doing his little worked out for him. But, I mean, Tesla knew what he was doing. But do these people actually live a life in our future, learn a lot of things technologically, and then reincarnate into a past life where all of a sudden this stuff came to him in that lifetime? It was revolutionary. But for him, it was something they they inherently knew.
1: It it could be because our timeline is uh, clearly not what we see it as being. Mm -hmm. And everything is happening in the moment of now. And we just, in order to make sense of it in our little linear brains, we need to see it as past, present, future. We, you know, kind of march through time just like we march through space. Um, and so we have to have all these logical arrangings of things so that we can understand it. But who's to say? I Maybe we're drawing from every life because we're living every life simultaneously. Maybe we're drawing from all of them. And those flashes of insights are just another version of us living a different life.
3: Yep.
4: One of the things that always uh, scares me—well, doesn't scare me, it terrifies me—and I don't know if it terrifies you or not. When we get past this life, because most of us pretty much understand kind of what's going on spiritually and how our lives work in past lives, future lives, when we have to come back again, not knowing any of it all over again—we have
1: to start over.
4: Doesn't that suck?
1: No, because the soul knows. I mean, so I you you learn progressively. And and so, yes, it does. Um, but, you know, yeah. we do it eagerly. It's just like we go to into a movie or a play not knowing any or reading a book, oh, not yeah. knowing anything about it. And we are eager to start that new book or that new movie because it's an adventure and it's something different. I think that our souls kind of do the same thing.
4: Yeah. So, but, I mean, so as yeah. human
1: beings, it totally sucks. But as spirits, nah, I get it.
4: Yeah, well, when you get over to the other side, and you realize next time you got to come back and you got to be the asshole. That just...
0: <sighs> well, I, I, I wonder <laughs> if I wonder if there's like so many different kinds of us in different like levels. Maybe we could just write ourselves a note. we yeah, come back, to remember me? all this stuff. Oh yeah, I do. Wouldn't
4: that be like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Yeah! Reaper? Yeah, if, if you're reading this now, you know, <laughs> you're me, pull the big thing out of your nose. Bam. <laughs> there you go.
1: Well, we agree to forget. We agree to forget because it's just like when we go into that movie, we agree to suspend disbelief, right? Mm-hmm. We agree to allow ourselves to be immersed in the world that the movie has created for us. Well, yeah, cuz And like- it happens with varying degrees of success depending on how stupid the movie is. Um <laughs> but but we have agreed, as we walk in the door, that we're going to suspend our world to enter into the world of the movie, and so it's what we do as spirits coming into a new life.
0: And there you have it, folks. Well, we're going to be wrapping up soon. Sue, so do we want to do like bid- business, like we usually do? Business. Business.
4: I need to get off. We're here. ending. Oh, yeah, okay. Bob. Whoa, that sounds pan.
1: like a personal thing, Bob.
4: Well. <laughs> Cutting into my rum time. Can you uh, guys was, see me? Oh, I'm so sorry.
1: Oh, no, I didn't see. I didn't see oh. you. you. did pop up as a as a video.
4: Oh well, that's good because I'm I'm trying to down a bottle of rum here. I <laughs> oh, well, a good time. <laughs> well, this is my this is my fun night. I, my right. Wife doesn't come out here because she thinks I'm nuts doing all this anyway. So I get to sit out here with a bottle of rum, listen to you guys, and by the end of the night, trust me, you're funny. Oh. oh, whoa!
3: <laughs> We're
4: not ready at the beginning. So it's just, it's just rum talking, right? I Yeah, like right, a band ban from the show forever. Well, no. <laughs> there you go, Bob. No. Thanks, Bob. Oh,
1: you saved the show.
4: Yeah, thanks, just, man. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't save the show. I just thought I'd chit chat with you guys.
1: Well, thanks, just buddy. Ask to me, thanks for calling. Yes.
4: Okay. Well, I'm getting off, so somebody else can uh-huh. at least say uh-huh. say something. All right. <laughs> All, right.
3: All right. Good night. Bye. Night.
1: So, Cheryl has to pack her car because they're going on a trip. And going so, since, we, tri- didn't have, and since we didn't have guests tonight, uh, mm-hmm. Cheryl thought that this would be a good opportunity for her to pack early. So, we're actually going to end in about seven yeah, minutes. So it's
2: Cheryl's fault. It's all my fault. Cheryl. <laughs>
1: Cheryl.
0: Cheryl. Ah. Wait, Cheryl, where are you going? Where are you going, anyways?
2: We are actually moving my son back to California. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. No, no, the angels are not no. singing.
3: I <laughs> that's a, know uh, that's a long
0: drive, isn't it? Isn't it, a really it You know it what? You
1: should tell. You should tell him that more Mercury than... is in retrograde, and you shouldn't travel when Mercury is. All right, it's the, so the We're not moving.
2: Off. Sorry, Mercury <laughs> retrograde. Wait, the wait.
0: wait, wait. How long is it? How long of a drive? How?
2: So it's about probably more than two thousand. It's probably like twenty-two hundred miles, something like that. Ow! Ouch! Man.
0: Yeah, you All can right.
3: Say
2: go ahead. Again. Do the business. Do the business. All right. So let's do business. All righty. All righty. Well, um, we have no show next week since we will be on the road again. Um, and we will be back May 19th with Jenny Ashford and Tom Ross, co-authors of the book called The Mammoth Mountain Poltergeist.
0: Whoa.
2: Woo. And then... May 26th, we will be talking to Marie D. Jones and Larry Flaxman. I know her. We've been trying to talk to them for a while, uh, but our schedules have not aligned. But I think finally we shall speak. Um, They are co-authors of such books as Ghosts, Spirits, and Hauntings, Am I Being Haunted?, UFOs and Aliens, Is There Anybody Out There?,
1: and Lost Civilizations and Secrets of the Past. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good hey, I would also like to remind you that I am not going to be here on the nineteenth because I'm Boo. going to be in in oh, uh, Portland with uh, White Light Paranormal Insight, who does a, a haunted tour the third Thursday of every month, and I've missed it for months. And and so um, I just in case you know you were bringing on a co-host for Chuck or something, uh, I just wanted to remind you that that is looming. Well,
2: is lo- we shall miss you. It sounds like a lot of fun, though. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I will try to, I'm going to put it out there right now. I'm going to be looking for a co-host for that, for that day. Just, you know, an interim just for the night, but you know, it'd be kind of fun to have someone different so I can uh, don't have to do all the talking myself.
1: Yeah. Cause I'm so quiet. Man, oh, right. I thought you meant, you meant know, just that <sighs> night. Yes. I thought you meant like the.
0: Aunt no, the that's racetr- okay. That's, that's all right. Hang on. Oh, Oh, I think this is your machete. You want it back? There you go. Stand it's in really the piano dumb.
1: bench. I don't have a machete with me right now. It's in
0: the All piano. Right, <laughs> I felt some pain, some sharp pain there from it. No, I just meant, so yeah, so we would have to do the whole show by myself. Yes, of course. All
1: righty then. There you go. So uh, nice of Bob yes. to give us a call.
0: Bob, well, I love that guy.
1: Because he was afraid it was going to be a whole chickmunk thing again.
0: It would have been funny. Would it? People. Yes. It, yes. It, yes, it would. I would think it would be. Cheryl's saying no.
1: Whatever, Cheryl. I'm, I'm whatever. glad that Cheryl's you find no, my inability strange. to pronounce a word hilarious.
0: <laughs> it is funny. Sorry, I, I, I slipped back to twelve. But I
1: can <laughs> do it when I'm really, really, really slowly. If I if I think about it, I can say chip. Oh.
0: They oh ooh, there you go. I'm going to find him. It, you. it's funny. You
1: that's, find it. that's when
0: that's when Clarissa was doing producing because Cheryl was I don't know Cheryl was a MIA. Did
1: Cheryl miss the whole chick mom night?
0: Yeah, she did. That's when will oh, be easy to find. That's when she was doing it, and she said she had to turn her mic off because she was laughing so hard it was going to come over the thing because we just kept going with it. Because I was just trying to get you to say it correctly.
1: I will look forward to hearing that. <laughs>
0: Whatever, man. Jeez.
1: So, just real quick before we go off the air, I would like to point yes. out that I have not been alone upstairs tonight.
0: No, you've been getting bumped and, and prodded all up there. With Do you loop? see
1: me keep turning around? Like what? Like, oh, what's going on?
0: There's a spirit up there, and it's bugging the poop out of Karen right now.
1: Bugging the poop out of me. That's right. Well,
0: uh, hey, you're not sleeping, so you know they figure. That's
1: right. Yeah. It's my one boundary is leave me alone when I sleep, uh-huh. and I am not asleep.
0: Yep. <laughs> <You're> not asleep. <laughs> So have fun that true. after we hang up.
1: Well, I'm going downstairs after we hang up. So it's going to have to come downstairs with me. And usually uh, this, the spirit up here kind of hangs out up here. So he's probably just really excited that I'm up here. And Because, you know, this used to be Tanner's room. And he spends a lot of time alone now.
0: That's funny. That's crazy. Yeah. There you go. I do, my, I do my
1: Reiki sessions up here, too. And he doesn't bug when I'm Reikiing other people.
0: You're like the haunted host.
1: I am. The haunted hostess with the mostest. All right, so Cheryl. Yes. Safe trip. Thank
2: you.
0: Cheryl, yes, be safe.
2: Thank you.
1: We will. All right, listeners, we're sorry that we're leaving a half an hour early, but we feel like Cheryl should get packed so she can sleep.
2: So <laughs> <Thanks>. tips-
1: <laughs> Yeah, and so, again, not ne- not next week, but the following week, Chucky G will be back, and I'll be back the week after that. So thank you guys for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Here on MixLR. we'll be back in two weeks, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Illinois, and other times in other states. Hey, you guys, have a good week. Good night. Good
0: night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, Email us at editor at paranormalonderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place, or doesn't feel quite right, it could just
3: be something paranormal.